Welcome to the Mostly AV Who We Are show. In this series, we highlight an AV professional, learn more about their story, and get their take on our industry. And now, without further ado, please welcome our hosts, Michelle Lorette and Jerry Gallegos. Welcome, Michelle. How are you today? Hey, Jerry. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. It's July. Jerry, (laughs) time flies. And this SHRT still hasn't gone away, so I don't know. Uh, are we winning? Are we losing? Are, have we gotten to the second wave? Right now, I just saw the, the mayor of Houston came on to talk about how the uh, Texas Republican Convention wanted to hold their event, and they just wouldn't back down. And he had recused himself, for lack of a better term, right, because he didn't want it to be political and just thought they would come to the best you know, dis- decision, like, it's not good. And nobody backed down. So he was like, all right, I have to be the bad guy. So much like with the Houston Rodeo in February or March of this year uh, that they closed down. Um, yeah, they had to tell him, I'm sorry. What I also thought was interesting was that uh, Houston First, which is who manages the convention center. So mm-hmm. it's a quasi public private entity, which is very popular in Houston that I know of nowhere else, but I'm sure it exists. You know, they were all like, yeah, we'll figure this out. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, right. of course they are. <laughs> like they're just desperate for something, a lifeline. Yeah. So, this is business. Yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy, but I'm very excited today. So you and I um, had an opportunity to do great things uh, at the in real life Infocom, which was Orlando 2019. Um, and one of the fun things that we got to do was go by the Sennheiser booth because they were having a wonderful happy hour. Um, and my friend Eric Beyer was there. And Eric is an audio guy, just like yourself. And he is joining us today. Hey, Eric, how are you doing? Hey, Michelle. Hi, Jerry. Hey, how are you doing? Welcome to the show, Eric. Yeah, I know. So glad to have you, actually. So I love your background. It's a beautiful lake. It's uh, where I was this weekend. Oh, my God. Even better. Uh, I was not at this purple um, sunset. Uh, That's just fake. Uh, I downloaded it somewhere from cool Zoom backgrounds um, or whatever I Googled. So so how was your holiday weekend, Eric? It was great. I had a chance to go up to Wisconsin to visit my girlfriend's family, and we went boating for a couple days, got sunburnt really bad, which was great. Drank a lot, had a good time, you know, a chance to hang out with all the kiddos and everything. So, nice, but I think you yeah. said it wrong. Isn't it Wisconsin? I mean, I oh, Wisconsin. Yeah, but I'm I'm from I'm from Oregon and live in Texas. So <laughs> nice. It's like I, I don't get any of that stuff right. <laughs> I did not know you were a Pacific Northwester, so I like that. There's something uh, that I learn new about everybody every time. So, uh, so you're you're uh, a really clever audio dude, uh, which is a, a goof on a really clever data dude, an RCDD, which my husband is. Um, but so I met you, and you were working for an integrator, correct? Correct. Uh, yeah. So you were working for an integrator in Dallas that I think did a lot of House of Worship. If memory serves right, yep. as well as enterprise, but yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, at the, at the time, did a lot of house of worship, stadium work. Um, uh-huh. You know, we did some corporate, but very little compared yeah. to others. Yeah, and, a lot of performance and, spaces, which is fun. Like those are great projects. You know, did you think, Jerry? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'd love to get back into that. I know, mm-hmm. right? 
um, how do we get everybody in that room together? That's the next challenge. Uh, so then you went on and you had a, a really successful run with uh, the fine folks at Sennheiser that we like. Uh, and then an opportunity presented itself and you were kind of lured away. Uh, so you took another position. How long did that job last uh, before you became a, a, a victim of uh, the COVID economy, if you will. So I I was at Harmon for I think six months. Was it a fun six months? I mean, did you enjoy it? Was it what you hoped it would be? But I, I did. No, I really did. I think I and everybody else on the team that I was on had uh, had really great hopes, um, great goals. Um, as far as we could tell, as far as I knew, everything was on the up and up. Yeah, you sounded very um, positive when you were working there. I mean, you seemed yeah, happy absolutely. to be there. So we can't ask for anything more from a job, can we? Nope. Uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, and then here we go. Global economics, a virus hits, uh, the country shuts down. So were you bitter when it happened or were you just, you kind of understood the gravitas of the situation? So, you know, we, we, we pointed the finger at the, at the COVID thing. Um, yeah. I think there's some, some underlying conspiracies, of course. I think there always is. But uh, Oh, I've got all of them. Yeah, I've got a list. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so, and because I was still a new guy, not even a year in with the company, um, you know, it, it was not fun, of course, to not have a job anymore. But mm-hmm. uh, so it was very bitter. And I think really what, what, what was more disturbing than anything else was not so much as new guys that just got let go, but it was the fact that it went pretty high up, you know, Uh, there there was some folks that had um, really had some significant tenure at the company that, um, that were let go also. And um, it just made for a really interesting, um, I don't know, departure, I think in a lot of ways, but I, you know, at the end of the day, I wasn't too worried. I was bummed. Yeah. I really was excited for it to be a place that I could stick with for a long time, if not for the rest of my career. Well, because that was the portfolio of brands under, oh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the gold star, right? I yeah. mean, you know, if yeah. you're given that opportunity, that's why I lost my job. My rep firm was given that opportunity sans me. So, yeah. you know, but yeah, like, how can you not take it? Uh, you know, the, it, Growing up or being in pro AV, even me, I'm the baby, 10 years, right? I was already aged out of uh, commercial integrator, 40 over 40 by the time I landed, but that's okay. I'm not bitter. Uh, But yeah, you know, growing up and you have these iconic brands and you get this like job of a lifetime and yeah, I mean, there's just so much you're like, oh, I could do a lot with this. You know, we could do some real damage. Um, Now, did you know that, that, Pro AV has now been put under the uh, lifestyle audio. Lifestyle, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, which is really, it's interesting. It's concerning. You know, again, you can probably read between the lines, um, right or wrong or indifferent, and come up with uh, reasons why it maybe was like that. But at the same time, from a resource standpoint, you can probably fix, oh, think, good point. Well, think of some ways why it's probably not a terrible thing. Yeah, um, but you know, market perception no, will, will will be affected. Well, yeah, no, it's, that's huge. Oh, yeah, because yeah. the the pro the pro division has always been very much its own world and its own set of individuals that have a really specialized skill set, and to put that under lifestyle is a blow. But 
considering yeah. they let a lot of the pro people go. <laughs> it's like who's left? Not so right. much who's of left? a blow anymore. <laughs> well, so, yeah. yeah, it's organized yeah. by bean counters. It's yeah, kind of that's yeah. the simplicity of it. But it had it had to kind of like ease the blow to realize that the cuts were did cut really span the entirety of the organization from the lowest to you know to way up there. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it wasn't just me. Like they didn't pick me out for whatever. Right. I think that's what they literally did. They went through all the companies and realized like, okay, we don't need to have this many of this type of people. And again, they're yeah. bean counters. So they're like, all right, we're gonna cut off, you know, this many percentage of our sales force, regardless of what little niche they're in, you know. Well, right. there's a sub handful of people left and those people had no say, no they they were no notification. I mean, you know, companies, this is very cloak and dagger stuff, right? You know, yeah. it's very sensitive. Uh, they did not they did not have the ability to give input. Um, I got lucky. I dodged a bullet. My my employer had to do uh, layoffs. We laid off about 20% of uh, the US workforce. Um It's crazy. It's a lot. I had too. a really good May. My June wasn't so hot because we shut back down, but my May was like really impressive. I mean, just in terms of what it had been before. Uh, so I think I dodged a bullet, quite frankly. I, I was just like sweating it so hard because I've run out of unemployment. <laughs> so I freelance for too long. <laughs> and, you know, once you live in abject poverty, you're like, please don't fire me. I thought they were going to do... Um, Pay cuts, which I was like, yeah, I'll take a pay cut, 20%, go for it, you know, like to save more people or, you know, like I was open to a lot of different ideas and they, they certainly worked real hard to be creative and be as transparent as possible. But ultimately there are other people higher up a food chain that are making decisions. And sometimes you just have to take those decisions and that's what you have to work with. You really, that's, that's why I don't like being in management, right? You know, because, or middle management. I've never been like a CEO except over my mm-hmm. own life. But yeah, and we see how that's gone. But yeah, you know, there's a certain degree of that. But um, so you actually posted your resume. I didn't even realize you had been laid off because I'm so just, I don't know, obtuse, COVID brain, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I reached no, out to Mark Hoxson yeah. and because I, I had my, we had some great technical support people uh, that lost their jobs in our layoff. And I wanted to send them to uh, Gabe Maranta with Zoom and Mark Hoxson with Tangram Interiors. They had developed a website for people looking for jobs. And nice. so I thought, oh, yeah. And when I went to it, I was like, oh, my God, no, Eric Beyer. <laughs> like, how does this happen? I did not know. Um, what has that experience been like for you? And then I want Jerry to also mention what it's been like for him, because I think this is important because we're not out of the woods. PPP is mm-hmm. gone. We have not had a second round authorized. Uh, the kicker for unemployment is also running out at the end of this month. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for my wonderful CSR, Erin Schmidt, who got laid off, uh, she's okay because she's actually making a little bit more on PP uh, on unemployment right now with the kicker. It won't be the same in August. So how has the experience, what's that journey been like? Uh, tell our listeners. So the, uh, you know, the whole idea of dealing with unemployment was new, new to me. Um, never, I had been had never, never, ah, no, you're so no. lucky. I, well, whatever. I, I, I was lucky because in, in previous times where I'd been in between, 
I'd always found something either fast enough. Yeah. Or at one point, I even started doing Uber and Lyft for a short time, but I nice. did that for like two weeks, and then I got hired. So, yeah, it. it uh, I just I was fortunate enough never to have to deal with that until now, and. and so that that was something of itself. And really, at the end of the day, at least here in Texas, I've heard it's a nightmare in other states, but at least here in Texas, the process was uh, pretty straightforward. Yep. Um, and it's been easy to keep up with, so it hasn't been too bad. Um, you know, I, I've always kept my LinkedIn profile up to date. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really hasn't been or wasn't a, a difficult step for me. Uh, and then because I am a an army vet um i was able to get the premium uh, subscription uh, the job finder subscription or whatever it is with linkedin for free oh that's a really good tip for so, any more former military i didn't even know yeah. that existed so yeah I, I stumbled on it i don't even remember when a couple of years, or a few years ago and uh thought i'd give it a shot and it was super easy they just they kind of just turn it on for you you, have, awesome. you get it for now, a year what? What branch of the military, if you don't mind my asking? I was in the Army. Yeah. Oh, thank you for your service. Thanks. Yeah, I did, did five years right at the end of the 90s. So <laughs> so having having that service is nice uh, with LinkedIn. And even if you do have to pay for it, I think it's worth it. Uh, you know, it is expensive, but I think yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, it can be. It does, it does turn, you, turn your profile on to be exposed to, to the right people. Yeah. And... Um, uh, you know, I've, I have, a, I'm connected with a lot of people on LinkedIn. I didn't realize I went and looked at some stupid 7,500 connections or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on it since but, 2003 and I still have less than 5,000. So thank you for shaming <laughs> me on this episode yeah. of mostly AV podcast. I don't think I, I don't think I even have like 400 or something. I, I think Eric is just more <laughs> likable. Honestly, it just comes down to likability, right? No. I mean, we're all human. <laughs> yeah, so Eric has some X factor that obviously. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> I love it. But so that is really beyond, important. Beyond that, though, the, 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 key, the key with the LinkedIn, of course, is just being extremely proactive. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to just, you, you treat it like, a, like it's a job. So you go onto the jobs page and mm-hmm. you just scour it. You use all the search and filter filtering tools. Um, but then, you know, with that, you take advantage of finding companies that you like. I think that's important. So you find if you want to be on the manufacturer side, you go to come brands that you like, and then you start cross-referencing between LinkedIn and you find people on there, reach out to them, you say hi, you find out who the hiring um, manager is, if there is one, or HR director, and you just you just start introducing yourself. You ask about any openings and availabilities because they don't always post them. Um, you know, sometimes it's ones they want to keep hush hush because right. they want to try to find the right people rather than get you know a thousand applicants. Oh, especially so, right now, right? How many people are right unemployed? Thirty, yeah. thirty million. I mean, it's yeah, it's right. a big number. Yeah. So now now you're going to get a lot of people that um, yeah just apply that aren't aren't even remotely qualified. So you you know you start scouring the, the the job postings, but you you do it strategically. You're not just applying for everything randomly. You're trying to find something that's truly going to be of interest to you. Um, so you just spend the time and you exhaust that res- you know resource as much as you can. 
And then you go to the next level of jobs that you don't really want to apply to, but you feel like you have to in order to just keep your activity level high. Um, but eventually you start connecting with folks and meeting people and having conversations and hopefully eventually exchange an email or a phone call. And I had a few, you know, I had a few very, very pleasant phone calls, even one, uh, actually two technically interviews, um, um, you know, one of them would have been actually a very good opportunity, but they decided to wait till September. Um, and then another one, uh, it was just, you know, their offer was just not anywhere close to where it really should have been, to be honest. So. Did you try to get out of Pro-AV? Because everybody does, but we're a little mafia-like that way. So interestingly enough, the two companies that I talked to are, uh, you know, you can never really get out. You know that, right? So I, um, the, the one, one company does uh, acoustical treatment product, so it's still related. Um, and uh, the, the other one uh, does content creation for uh, uh, and custom, it's even hard to describe what they do, but it was a very unique product. A lot of LED wall type stuff and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. mapping and things like that. So it's still related. Right. So, no, you, you never, ever get out of it. You, um, and That's I don't know I'm if I ever could. I don't know what I would do with myself. I know. Would we want to even? Oh, yeah. How about you? How long? Uh, you got laid off at the very beginning yeah, of the pandemic. Beginning. You were coming off vacation. March 20th. You were told no worries. And then yeah. like five days later, it was like, yeah. oh, three days later, we got, an email. Ah. we got an email saying, hey, you know, we consider everyone of you guys essential employees, blah, blah, blah. And three days later, it's like. I got the phone call saying, oh, well, uh, you know. So they didn't even bother to make it. I'm bother checking your email because it's not going to work. <laughs> Basically, we've laid you off. So. You know, I think I, at the end of the day, if we're in the AV world, I think we deserve at least, um, even if it's just streaming to us, I, I think we deserve video in our layoff, in our remote layoff. I don't know. I, call me a snob, if you will, but a certain level of humanity. So how has your job search been going? Like, I know you've had some peaks and valleys. So where, and valley, where are you? Sometimes it goes. Uh, I've been real lucky just due to the exposure from the show. Plus, oh, good. Like I've had people that, you know, I didn't expect actually would reach out. Hey, go talk to so-and-so at this company. They're looking for somebody and things oh, like cool. that. And um, right now I'm kind of in this odd position that being a, pre- being a pre-sales engineer, well, the customers aren't calling for proposals right now. So kind of like what I do and what my career path is not really happening right now. Sure. Or at least it's being, it's, it's slowed down enough where the, the, the guys that did get to stay on due to seniority or whatever, it's enough work for them, not enough people. Um, and also, I mean, I've had, I've had kind of opportunities to, you know, just to do some, some stuff on, you know, like, uh, contract work for people but it's by the time they made an offer it's like i can sit at home and because of the additional monies that we're getting on unemployment right it wasn't you know it's like i can work i can work 40 hours and makes it basically make a couple hundred bucks more a month yeah than just sitting at home doing nothing and focusing on other stuff 
Well, I think timing is everything. Uh, Did either of you do any, like, I don't know, just anything for yourselves, self-care, whether it's continuing education, whether it's a home project, whether it's whatever. I, I don't know. I've been in shutdown. I mean, I've gained 12 pounds. So I guess that was like something I've accomplished. I'm not proud of it. Um, and I have to work twice as hard to get rid of it. Uh, so that's, so I'll be looking very voluptuous next time you see me. And that's the <laughs> adjective we're going with. Um, yeah. Right. But um, anyone, but yeah. yeah, I know. Right? Oh my God. I, I moved. Oh, okay. Um, that's, that's during, a lot of work. During all of this. Yeah. yeah. Moved into a, um, a new place uh, before I was laid off. So that was kind of one of those where you're like, you know, I hope, hope things will be all right. But again, the un- unemployment, because of the little bump, it's been very helpful. And, oh my God. And, and, it gives you a peace of mind that you never yeah. know because you've never been on unemployment. I'll tell you 400 bucks a week. Doesn't make you feel good. But $1,000 a week, you know, pre-federal tax, which is 10% that they will take out if you so choose, that's, it's, it's, it's actually livable, you know, yeah. regardless of, I mean, I guess if you're not ultra rich, but uh, screw off, you probably have investments in stock. But, you know, for those of us in the middle to all the way down to the lowest range, that's good money. You know, that's something where you can support mm-hmm. your family. That's something where you can cover your expenses, cut back a little bit. Right. Um, so, but have y'all done anything fun? I mean, did you plant gardens? Did you bake bread? I mean, I've been working in the yard. Ah, nice. We're getting getting to know my yard and uh, <laughs> at, at the house. Found awesome. we you know we have a, a two grapevines, so we've been I've been Ooh. working on pruning it, cleaning it up, and trying to wait for it to ripen up to figure out what the heck it is. Ah, the um, sommelier. And, and I think fire. it's just a, a plain green grape. We don't know yet, um, but with the warm weather and and. Turning on the sprinklers, we've uh, we've discovered we have a bunch of cantaloupe and cinnamon oh. uh, tree and pear tree. So, what I've part of Dallas trying, are you? Uh, just south of town in Mansfield. Mansfield. Okay, so that's due south or southeast yeah. or southwest? I'm south central, like uh, right south below central. Arlington Grand Prairie. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, I can visualize that. So, yeah. when you have your uh, first grape stomping party, uh, will Jerry and I be invited? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the wine yeah, so station, we, portion. We, we are <laughs> looking at uh, maybe doing the whole press thing and and just seeing. But I think we got to figure out what we got first. I'll tell you though, we've you know we we enjoy our wine, and so we are looking at some uh, red uh, red grapes, uh, hopefully to plant. And, oh yeah, and so that. we can maybe look at doing our own wine. Just you know, what the heck could be fun. Well, you know how people do beer at home. I, I still yeah. want you to like plant a vineyard in your backyard. <laughs> like that, that's, you'll that's be exactly my hero. It. And I've got a whole bevy of Vixa Women's Council members that will fully support <laughs> this initiative. I will get Lisa Peebler and Catherine Cordina and all the girls in Dallas. They will. We might even create shifts. We will support this. Like it is a <laughs> public utility. We will trim <laughs> vines. We will. Yeah, you name it. Spray pest. Decide, there, there you go. What, whatever you need, I, I think I can get a groundswell on that. Yeah, we got we got wine racks to fill here, so it's. Um, I know, right? It's <laughs> uh, one of the things that I've, I've noticed with, with a lot of people. You know, since they've been laid off or furloughs, they're like they they actually got to spend some time on themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and a lot of people, you know, if you've been in a career, kind of like some, I'm sure with you as well, Eric, it's like, you know, you've been in a career in this industry and all of a sudden it's like, poof, you got nothing to do. And then you go through cycles where at some point you realize like, I'm just going to start. For me, I know I did is like, it's like, okay, I'm not even going to think AV of any kind other than trying to get a job. But I knew the, the reality of the situation is that people aren't hiring for my specific, what I do. And so I just started working on myself. You know, it's like started doing, you know, I used to be a recording uh, and mixing engineer back in the late 90s, 2000s with a successful career at it. And I just kind of started reviving it, reaching out to friends. It's like, hey, give me some stuff to work on. Yeah. And that's kind of opened up a new where it's like, you know, you got to have you got to keep the gears moving in your head because otherwise, you know, that's when I know there's some people that don't have that or can't find that. That they start getting depressed. Yeah, you shut down. I've noticed friends that have been, you know, they've been laid off as well. They're like, man, I'm just sitting here, nothing to do. Da, da, da. You know, I, I used to get all the stuff done in a day. Now it's like I watch, I binge watch something. And it's like now I'm running out of stuff to binge watch. So they're, you know, they're watching some other ridiculous stuff. Oh, when you go and, to the end of Netflix. Right. That's, no. yeah, that's when you're on suicide watch, right? I mean, like, <laughs> I, I'm depressed just because I can't go really anywhere. And, I have a full-time job and I'm grateful. So if I was in a position and I'm somebody that I look, I love me some unemployment. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I know I can scale way back, you know, but because I did a two year freelance gig, I'm kind of trying to, it's the clawback program <laughs> where I need to like get rid of all the <laughs> debt, that little albatross boat anchor. Um, so even though I have a job, I'm grateful because for the first time, I don't have time for anything because I'm like, I've got a real job and they're paying me and I want to focus on this. But I, it's still it's still a little sad, you know, and right. you reach out to people and you feel guilty because you know that those that are working and trying to get projects done, they're kind of overwhelmed as well in a way, you know, whether it's feast or famine. And um struggling with getting on job sites, struggling with people getting sick, even though they're going with all the PPE and all of the waivers of subrogation and the temperature monitoring and, and some other trade gets sick. You're like, damn those drywallers. Right. And now the GC, like, like the right is that, you know, the, 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 the process of being able to work has been politicized so much that they keep moving the goalposts. So all these companies that are like, okay, we can go work here. And somebody will come up with something, but they're like, oh, but we can't there. Okay. Now I just wasted five guys days for the day. Right. You know, I wasted five other days. So it's like, I got to pay them, you know? So it's really affecting financially because they keep moving the goalposts and the regulations around. And, th- and this isn't differently at every city. Oh yeah, I know. It's every city trying to, run differently you know county parish yeah it's it's all across the board so jerry do you want to stay in integration or what else would you be open to where do you think your skills transfer that you could be of value to somebody not that this episode's about you but i figure well i'll have you on the line yeah that's why i'm kind of for me uh, well design's what i love to do that's where i see my career you know i'm going to retire so some part design whether it's for an integrator or a consultant okay firm. all right and that's kind of that's the natural yourself. progression for somebody like myself who spent the last however yeah even i've been in every aspect of the industry even at the yeah. end user and you actually like people what yeah. about you eric so i'm sure you took a step back and said all right i know you cast the net wide but i i spent a year in integration yeah. just so i could learn that 
that's really hard and it makes me a crazy person. And <laughs> I, I, that's why I actually have empathy, right? Because I know how hard it is for them to do their job, which I think is why I work well. But after I left the rep firm world, I was like, I'd already been a manufacturer rep in structure cable. I was like, yeah, back to manufacturer. You know, I don't know. I, there's something about being with a manufacturer that I get it and I understand how to communicate it. And I'm not bitter if somebody, if I'm not their chili or my manufacturer's not their chili, hey, everybody has a right to be stupid. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. You know, so where do you I'm think? Stupid, ignorant. That too, yeah, ignorant. But yeah, so I mean, do you want to stay on the manufacturing side? What what all did you consider? I would prefer, yeah, I I would prefer to stay on the manufacturing side. I I think now that I've had a taste of it, I I do also really enjoy it. Um, I know it's it's, nice, isn't it? It's me. It suits suits me and my personality. It suits my sales style. Um, it suits even my technical style. Um, well, just I was going to say your sales style is, is uniquely linked to your technical, you know, yes. aptitude, if you will. Right. right. And, so, and I, I enjoyed being on the integration side. Don't get me wrong. In fact, I, yeah, I really, I remember. You seem it, happy it taught me a lot when I met um, Yeah. I, like, like you, Jerry, I did, uh, did a lot of my own pre-engineering work. Right. Uh, so I'd go out and, and, do the consultative stuff with the client, meet meet them, get to know them, and then I'd work up some of the uh, the the pre drawings, even uh, even by hand, uh, and then hand it over to the engineer to proof, and then that's what we built our proposal off of and ran from there. And and I loved doing that. I absolutely loved right. it. And audio, video, and lighting, and I'd do as much of it as I possibly could. You know, I knew where my limits were, and I had no problem leaning on the engineering team that uh, I worked with. Um, and that could take it a lot further, but right. I love taking it as far as I could because I knew that it challenged me and it exercised the technical skills that I had and, and, um, you know, allowed me to stay in touch with the gear a lot more. Um, and then it also just kept me more in tune with the project and with the client so that I actually could help explain it and talk to the client a lot better about it. But being on the manufacturing side, I learned I can still, do that to a degree. Right. Obviously, focused now on one brand, or in the case of Harmon, a handful of brands. But um, but it's which still, also is fun. I mean, that's fun when you yes. actually have a portfolio of products. Yeah. Right. yeah. If somebody hates Crown, which I don't know who would hate Crown, whatever. Right. But you get my point, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. but they love JBL. It, there is something nice to be said about that, but yeah, it's uh, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yes. Right? You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or. A horse apiece. I heard that one. So yeah, well, it, it would be nice to have that fixed palette. Where it's like, okay, these are my brands. So it's yeah. you know. But at the end of the day, though, even with even with brand like Sennheiser, which I absolutely love the company. Yeah, um, I love them. You know, you you still have a a even within a single brand, you have a portfolio. You can create solutions, right? And that's uh, and and I think that's where a really strong brand. Um, can offer uh, uh, you know just a great solution, and right. you know Sennheiser, like many others, can do that. Right, and and I, I think that that's where it's really really a good thing, and and so I was able to do that. And I think in both cases that I really enjoyed that, and able to keep up with my technical stuff, but still get out there, do the sales business development, as of course they call it. But yeah. um, my 
when whenever I'm asked, I describe it as relational and consultative selling. Yeah. Uh, because it's, you know, the technical stuff comes out of it. The salesy stuff comes out of it. But truly, at the end of the day, it's about relationships and problem solving. And, uh, and it's that's just about helping. That's, that's right. Okay. So that's where like some sales people, you know, um, and it's a little bit different when you're an RSM because you're a, a sales manager and you have the title of sales, but you're really, in my mind, in charge of empowering a group of advocates to do well, right. To do good. Mm -hmm. And it's just about helping people. So Mm -hmm. I've worked with engineers that are unlike you and Jerry, they don't get it. They get a little overwhelmed because they think sales is a thing. And I'm like, (laughs) no, excuse me while I choke. Uh, It is not a thing. Like you're just helping people just like you did when you were the field sales engineer. It's the same thing. You just have to track what you're working on to know where it is and if it's going to actually go down. But it's ultimately, and it is about the relationships. And I will be 100% honest. I've worked for companies where opportunities presented themselves because I am on Twitter and because I do this podcast. And so I happen to know a lot of people globally and people will say, Oh, that's not in your territory. Oh, but the minute you have a big old six figure opportunity roll in, guess where the exception comes? Yeah. Cause everybody is a whore for sales. Let's be real <laughs> honest about this. You know? Uh, so yeah. Do you want to take it over? Oh, ye of no relationship or should I do business with my friend? Because that's, we do. And those people are your friends because they don't just have your back. They do the right thing, right? They support Mm -hmm. you. They tell you when they're not the right solution. Sometimes you use them anyway because you know that they'll take care of you, even though if it's a little like octagonal peg in a round hole, eh, we'll shave off some corners. It's not the cleanest, but at least we know that you'll back it up and you'll stand behind it and we know it'll still work and it's invisible to the user and it will not create, you know, unintended consequences. So I totally support that. And you totally just defined our relationship since we first met, Michelle. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, no, uh, we got along well. And back, you know, when you're a design engineer, you kind of get to pick the product. That's your job, literally, to recommend the product that's going to give you the best solution. And when you run into a situation where it's like, well, I can, I can specify this piece of a gear that the wrap for this piece of gear I see once a year. And that's because I had to call them. And then this other piece of gear that does the exact same job, different brand. They're visiting me three times, three, four, five times a year and trying to inform me on stuff. It's like, that's no, they answer the phone every single time. For me as a designer, that's a no brainer. It's like a good rep, a good man or a good manufacturer's person. That, and I, and I tell everybody, it's like, you can guide my specification based on how you treat me as a designer. Right. Yeah. The support, if, the if knowledge. You my calls, if you never return my calls, guess what? I'm not going to specify your equipment. Yeah. It's your fault. You know, and, you know, and, and it, it's, it's a good thing you mentioned that because it, it is true. And I'll tell you the, the ones that uh, I think influenced me the most moving into the manufacturing side uh-huh. were those sales guys or whatever role they're actually in that were not only responsive, but were proactive. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if yeah. even if I had absolutely nothing, to, no project to throw at them or anything, the fact that they just said, hey, is there anything going on? Do you have anything going on? Can I stop by? You know, can I bring you, 
breakfast burritos, you know, just can stop I help? And say, hey, yeah. I mean, I, I know they're doing their job, but because I saw their face, you know, we were able to get past talking about business because we talked about it so much. Yeah. We were able to shoot the stuff and talk about other things. And it became more of a personal relationship than um, just a sales stop, you know, exactly. And, you know, just part of the milk route. And, um, and that, I think that you're absolutely right, Jerry. I mean, that, that makes, that can truly make or break uh, the success of a brand. If you have, if you have good, good sales people, business development, rep, you know, again, whoever they are and whatever yep. role they right. actually are playing. Um, Cause they all technically do the same thing at the end of the day um, is having them actually just being proactive and just doing, doing their gig, just making the phone calls, making the stops right. and uh, the big, you know, the big companies and the little companies and everybody in between, because it doesn't, doesn't matter that little company may have a really big opportunity and it's all about perspective. You know, yes. the little company has a million dollar job. That's a big deal. Whereas opposed to the big company has a million dollar job. They're like, yeah, we don't take anything under a million. So you guys right. can have it. Um, but uh, that little company, you know, now all of a sudden you're their savior because you know, you're, you're the guy or gal for that right. matter that, that's that's readily available for them to um, you know to help them through that that job that opportunity they may have not had otherwise. So. Well, I love it when you call me a gal because that's just so. <laughs> so you're in Texas. You're not guys and gals. I prefer young lady. <laughs> I got into my verbiage in high school. I was in Guys and Dolls. Nice. And I started Guys and Dolls with Sky Masterson. And so I just, I don't know, that stuck with me, I guess. Oh, yeah. Surrey with the red top. All right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, what's so funny is I totally agree with like a million percent of what you just said. And, you know, it's very interesting Jerry, as I know well aware, and I know because you've been on the manufacturing side, isn't it interesting? And I, as a former manufacturer rep, I've repped a gazette. People don't realize how small some of these manufacturers are, you know, mm-hmm. like what a literal small business it is, you know, mm-hmm. sub 50 employees. Brand. It's like, right. Yes. Because brand compared to exactly. the behind it now. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you don't realize these are a lot of small companies. And what's also interesting now that I have a global perspective, which I've only had, I don't know, maybe plus or minus three, four years, um, is that, you know, you can be the bomb everywhere else in the world and you can suck it in the U.S. and have like no market share. (laughs) Yeah, like everybody in Australia can love you. Everybody in Croatia is like 100% in and India, Brazil, wherever. And in the U.S., it's just crickets, crickets, crickets because we are such a different market. We insist on being different. It's the American way. Um, I'm not going to argue that, but it is fascinating. 1316th French. Right. It, it's just one of the that, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, so it is, you know, and, and you can be huge here and not be able to get traction elsewhere, right? I mean, there's something about being a global citizen, right, and understanding global supply chain and, and messaging. You know, we've seen bad messaging 
come on maybe automotive products or something, you know, there's a car name and it's like, oh, wow, how'd you come up with that? You know, like things get lost in translation, if you will. Uh, A lot of people will go, oh, we're going to go to Europe. And it's like, okay, you want to go to 38 different geographies? Because it's not like saying I'm going to tackle the U.S. where we all speak English as a first language for the most part, right? You know, Um, and then we have every other ethnic, ethnic group represented because we are a melting pot. So yeah, I think it's really interesting. And, you know, in the U S we're part of a global organization, but the U S is its own company. And I thought that was very interesting. You know, just a company focused on sales, uh, support, education, fulfillment. Um, but when it came time to this global crisis, the fact that we were our own company in the U S that made all the difference because we could have been right. knocked out, you know, and the rules are different in every country. Canada, I think it's probably best if you're a Canadian manufacturer. I don't know. I suspect because Canada just has, they protect their people. They really take care of their own. It's fascinating. Um, well, some of that too has to do, and not to dive too deep into that, but some of it truly has to do with the, the infrastructure that they actually have available to them. Yeah. Um, you know, versus what we have and, and how they choose to utilize their resources versus how we I would agree. So did you uh, participate in any of Infocom Connected, the online Infocom this year? No, I did and not. Jerry did uh, not. Regretfully. Jerry had to. Yeah, it, it wasn't. I to, but I didn't. Now, just so you know, until August something, it's, it is still online. So if you want to sign up, log on, look at some. There were some very good speakers. I will say that. Uh, the booth virtual tours are not the same. Obviously, the connecting and networking part was awkward. And not Infocom's part, really. The platform, uh, Freeman, I think, put together what they what they could with the time frame they had, and I think they did a, a, a fairly decent job uh, mm-hmm. with a lot of bitching and moaning from pro AV people. I was literally pulling a rabbit out of a hat. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. Hey, for this, I was impressed. Modern technology to tried to distribute this information now. He's like, wow. They did, they did a, yeah. 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 Hard left pivot. Um, and I was, so kudos to them for that. Uh, but still like anything, like anything with a user interface, uh, room for improvement, right. You know, right. um, and fine tuning if you will. Uh, but yeah, I thought that, have you all participated in anything else? Have you done the rave launch or have y'all done any of the online stuff or y'all are just like, meh. No, we're just trying to focus on jobs and doing our stuff at home. So, well, yeah, a lot of it was kind of, you know what, here's an opportunity to take a mental break. Um, sure. You know, there's a, there's enough stuff going on right now that I wasn't seeing, wasn't coming across enough positives to continue to keep me drawn in at the yeah. time. So, you know, and also you. maybe my own fault for not fishing for it, but. Uh, I didn't find out about a lot of that stuff until after it had happened, and I'm seeing kind of the, the aftermath release, press releases or articles about it. So uh, the outreach, in my opinion, was a little on the weak side. Um, I, I would agree. Because I know I'm tied into so many of those groups and organizations one way or the other. Yeah. And I didn't hear about half of that stuff until it was well past. So. Yeah, for me, it's like I'm not, I'm not a – I, my, I'm the type of mentality that I don't want to be a club of, of I don't want to be a member of any club that will have me. <laughs> that, that's just 
my own quirk and I get that, but yeah. he's I, really I, insubordinate. You know, a lot of it was, you know, through the show and interviewing other people realized, Oh, Avix is doing, you know, virtual info comp. Really? <laughs> you know, yeah. CTS, you know, and yeah, there was, there was, there was nothing that triggered the event saying, Hey, this is going on. Well, what I thought was funny was that, uh, you know, I invited Jerry to one of the AV and the AM, which is our Twitter group on Sunday morning, happy hours. And like, you know, I leave at the end of happy hour, two hours later, Jerry stays up like all night with like the UK crew and all this international group and like literally gets off at like one or two in the morning. And I was like, really? Really, dog? Are you kidding? Me? <laughs> oh my god! Like I'm a little antisocial, I guess. Uh, yeah, right. He made more friends than I've made in like two years of being on Twitter. It was hilarious. That's funny. I know you gotta love that. Cool. I do think there's something about though. It, didn't it make it fun to meet the international people, Jerry? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, it's you know it's kind of weird because you have that dynamic where everybody's it's a happy hour. Yeah. So it's like we're not talking shop unless it kind of. We bump into talk shop, but not really. And everybody does their best to kind of avoid it and just kind of be have that human connection, which is, you know, this forum is kind of pretty good at, you know, it's like, yeah. unless we were actually in an event where everybody flew in and everybody, you know, if you, if you go to a Infocom, you, you know, you, you got your calendar full, you know what you're doing almost every hour. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In this situation, you're sitting and talking to somebody from across the world, you know, and they're kind of like, so what are you guys finding out there? What's going on? You know, and it's really just, and every, everybody's really making a concerted effort to kind of keep it light and you yeah. know, political, don't do this, you know, because everybody's yeah. that these days. And so it's a lot of fun. And, but you do get this here, you know, it's like, you know, once in a while, it's like, oh, everybody loves this A and B and C, whatever over here. And, you know, then you hear the guy from the, you know, couple of countries away going oh we hate those we'd never use those things <laughs> <Yeah. Wow. laughs> i know it, it's interesting not 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 let it get you know confrontational or anything so it was fun that way you know like, well, and you've worked in the Caribbean when you were with Stanford Financial at the end user. So, yeah, right. it, and the Caribbean is its own market or submarket. I don't know how it's really classified. Uh, yeah, it gets attacked by everybody. Caribbean, you could be working at a job site where, you know, one of the contractors is from the U.S., the other one's from the U.K., another one's from Venezuela <laughs> or Colombia, whatever. Or, you know, UAE or whatever. Uh, yeah. You never know. Working on the same project. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. I know. That's so cool. Because they, they rarely have their own infrastructure. And sometimes the easy the US is not the easiest way to get stuff. Oh yeah, no, because the tariffs or whatever, right? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So it's easier to get it through somewhere else, even though it's the exact same product. You know, I've also had to one time I was in Korea, uh-huh. South Korea working on drill ships for BP, and we were at the quote unquote Samsung shipyard. And we needed, the, the client wanted additional monitors. And they're like, oh, well, we are using this particular model. Well, that particular model is not sold in Korea. Oh, no. So the company had to air freight like eight of these monitors from the U.S. to South Korea, where they're manufactured. So we can use them on the project that was happening there, but we couldn't buy them locally. Yeah, so there's also kind of this weird distribution stuff because those particular models weren't available there. Oh, that's crazy. So yeah. as, a, as a fellow audio guy, Eric, uh, so if you were to commission 
a sound system and you can have multiple answers actually, depending upon what you're commissioning. Uh, what would your commissioning song be? Everybody listeners need to know. So my, I have a, I have a, a playlist on, oh, on yeah. iTunes that I try not to let get too ridiculous because it's uh-huh. easy to say, Ooh, that's a cool song. And you throw it on the list. Ooh, that's a cool song. But after a while, it's like, hold on. It's, you know, it's too, too packed full of them. I, because I get the whole thing where you use a song or two, you got a song, you know, like there's a lot of people that like to use the buzz gags. Thanks to you. Cause that's real, you know, it's kind of the popular one for the low end. Cause it's mm-hmm. it is what it is. And they'll throw in some Nora Jones real popular for the vocal stuff. And some will do some other thing for the, you know, some high end stuff. Right. And I think cause I, I come from a musical performance background I kind of like to have a, just a broad spectrum. So I'll have the usual suspects in case somebody says, Oh, why don't we listen to this? And I can do, I probably have it on the list, but I do like some James Taylor, some older James Taylor. That's just raw acoustic and voice. Right. Uh-huh. Right. But then I'll throw on some Joe Satriani, um, you know, for example, some, some good, good, just good, clean rock and roll. So mm-hmm. we can hear the crunch because I think that's important. You know, you okay. want to hear how the system's going to break up or not. Um, and uh, even like there's, a, you know, a, a, the band Extreme had their album that was a really raw recording um, that I love to use for that same reason. Because, again, it's just it's raw and it's even though it's a studio recording, it represents potentially what a good, uh, good stage performance would be like. Um, and what genre uh, is Extreme? The old old rock and roll. You remember uh, more, the song "More Than Words"? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so, not the rule. No, uh, yeah. Their guitar player Nuno Betancourt's actually like considered one of the guitar, you know, heroes of the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, let's just say that their album "Waiting for the Punchline" is really just a really raw rock album. That's just it's it's fun to to throw on there and I'll, you know, and I'll put, I'll even put some electronic on there. Um, again, it, it, it depends on what the venue is, uh-huh. obviously right. depends on the client. Yeah. You don't, there's certain things you obviously don't want to put on in a church. Um, <laughs> um, right. But, uh, but at the same token, you know, you, it's okay to have a couple songs to really focus on, but you got to throw all kinds of stuff at it because inevitably once a venue realizes what kind of system that they have, yeah, they're going to want to literally throw everything at it. Sure. So you want to make sure that it can handle everything you throw at it. So if it's a if it's pulling up the eighteen twelve overture, because you know what, sometimes they're like, oh, we like to do this really cool Fourth of July show, and you know, we bring in this youth orchestra and they do this you know thing, and yeah, uh, or. Or whatever you you pull on some uh, you know Pavarotti because you want to do some just really big you know operatic thing. I mean it just whatever. So my list evolves, uh, and and it's been stagnant for a while because I haven't done any 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 systems in a while. But sometimes I'll go into places. Uh, um, churches will call me out of the blue because word of mouth, and I'll go out and do a little consultation for them. And it's nice to have a list. That I can just oh yeah instead of having to search oh what's that song called you know I have a playlist that I can go to and that map is like you have your own road it's like your own version of white noise for an RTA or pink yeah. noise 
Yeah. But you know, when you play these songs through, you're like, okay, you know where it's lacking, you know where it, where it's overdoing it, where it's lacking, and whatnot, based on your experience with those particular songs. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way, you know. Well, it's so funny well, because Jerry, you coming out of the studio world too. You yeah. you have a certain critical ear, right? You can I, land in, in the live environment. Out of a fault, that's one of the reasons I don't go to live concerts. He doesn't enjoy them. He's like miserable the whole time. Figure out, it's like, <laughs> I, I need to slip the sound guy a Mickey so I can mix this the way it's supposed to be. You know? yes. <laughs> but I think again, we've all been there, though. That's usually, that's the <laughs> yeah, part but, of going to live shows. You got to yeah. drink a lot because I have to get to a point where I don't care. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. Well, and it's funny because I don't remember if it was... 2014 or 2016 but it was in vegas and i am now realizing that if eric buyer was there he was the only person happy that the edc uh electronic daisy conference <laughs> was at the same time it converged that thursday i don't know if you remember if you were there but yeah it was that thursday so here we are trying to wind things down and all of a sudden all the techno kids came in with their tutus to listen to, and i was like you couldn't get a cab yeah i don't know it must have been 2014 because i don't remember us using uber at all it was do you dare to get your car out of valet you know or do you like try to hoof it somewhere and take a cab but yeah so. who's running a shuttle <laughs> exactly is there a train somewhere around here in las vegas elon Musk didn't have his tunnel yet so um well this was on so eric uh where can people find you if they are looking for you you are obviously a highly skilled individual i've given you my personal recommendation as a professional former professional recruiter uh which got you the last job that didn't even last six months thanks covid uh no that's not what got you the job your skill set and your amazing talent got you the job i just like to take credit because i'm in pro sure. um why not just throw it out there see if it sticks so how, how can uh, people fight you my my first name last name thankfully doesn't change so um whether it, whether you're on twitter um, Facebook, um, even LinkedIn, uh-huh. um, EW is W's only middle initial. EW buyer will pretty much find me most of the time. Beautiful. Um, you can spell out Eric buyer and LinkedIn. You'll find me. So I, I try not to do any, 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 uh, any goofy screen names. Um, no, no offense there, Michelle, cause I know you got a cool one that people can remember, but, um, I've just, I, something that I've learned, even with my personal email address, you know, it's ewbuyer at gmail.com. So it's just like, I keep it really simple, make it easy for people to find me and remember. And, Jerry has a throwback, a goofy name. So Jerry, how could people find you? Actually, uh, traditionally it's a recording whiz, but W-H-I-Z at uh, yahoo.com. Because we're not 21. That's right. I still have an AOL account. Don't judge. I know. I know. <laughs> I've also had another one. So it's like I'm trying ah. to do the mixing world. It's mixwiz at oh. um, yahoo.com. Nice, nice, nice. Beautiful. Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining us. We yeah. really appreciate Great having you. Great to catch up. Uh, Thank you, you so much. Really optimistic. I know you've had some positive conversations and there's some opportunities that you're looking to uh, solidify. Mm-hmm. At least one 
It only takes one, as they say it only in the takes real one. Business. That's right. Yep. Hopefully, um, I'll have some positive news within a month. So, so uh, when you do land, do you promise to come back and visit with us again with a different group, and we can just talk about all kind of other things? Any, anytime, anytime. I I love this, and I love the topic. Uh, so yes, any any opportunity to talk about the biz and what's going on. Uh, so I'm always available for you guys. Appreciate awesome. this. Well, thank you so much. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to uh, this episode of the Mostly AV Podcast. What do you think, Jerry? Did we do it all right? You did. All right. Cool. 